Fire on Earth podcast with your hosts, Jason Mefford and Kathy Groover. Fire on Earth, giving you the keys to unlock your limitless potential. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Fire on Earth podcast. I'm your co-host, Kathy Groover. And I'm Jason Mefford. And we're just going to leave it there for today's episode. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. No, of course, we're not going to do that. No, we, uh, you know, before we, before we start recording, we always start talking about stuff and the, and the whole idea of relationships has kind of come up and around, you know, self-care, self-love as well. And um, so we'll see kind of where this goes, but, you know, as, as I've kind of been looking and we were talking, a lot of relationship problems come from self-love issues as well, right? That a lot of times, you know, and again, you probably heard the world mirrors you. And so if you're dealing with relationship issues, it's probably you're even having a relationship issue with yourself that is mirroring itself into your relationships with other people. So, you know, so much of our heartache and, and woes come back to us not really loving ourselves as much as we should. And I know even for me, that smacked me good the last few weeks. Um, so we thought we'd, we'd talk a little bit more about some of this and where it kind of goes. So Yeah, absolutely. And I was, again, before we got on the air, I was talking to Jason about uh, my coaching and how I didn't set out to be a relationship coach but suddenly three of the clients that have just come to me are dealing with relationship issues. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because when I've talked with clients about relationships, there's like a third that totally blames the partner. There's a third (laughs) that totally blames themselves. I'm a horrible person. I don't deserve love. And then there's a third that kind of puts their sleeves over their hands and goes, I don't know. You know, so it's this, this, you know, it can't be all the other person's fault. There, nope. You have to take responsibility for how you're contributing to that, whether it's how you're responding slash reacting, whether it's how you're communicating. Um, I'm a huge fan of Harville Hendricks, his book, Getting the Love You Want. It should be on every shelf. I hate the word should, but should be on every shelf of anybody that has been, will be, or is in a relationship. Some mm. amazing exercises, some amazing insight. Uh, and one of the things he says, which I sort of went, is every criticism your partner has of you probably has a nugget of truth into it. And I went, ah, crap, (laughs) you know? uh, So if you can take away the, whether it's the sarcasm or the verbal abuse aspect of it, or, you know, take that delivery away and distill it down to that nugget, there's probably a nugget of truth there. So we can actually learn from what our partner is telling us or yelling at us. So taking a look at ourselves, <laughs> telling or yelling. Um, telling t- or yelling. Telling or I think I just coined that phrase. Uh, so taking a look at, sort of jumping into the middle of this, but taking a look at what they're saying to and about you and seeing, asking, what is true in that? What is true in that that I can improve myself and make better? Well, and even, you know, again, because like we said, a lot, a lot of those probably criticisms that your partner or the other person in the relationship may be seeing, um, you know, are going on within you. They are going on within you and and they're getting reflected out. And, you know, again, kind of the smack in the face to me was, you know, stopping and actually listening to the words that we're saying about ourselves. Okay. Now I've always been one to, 
to use some self-deprecating humor, right? Because I, I figure it's 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 nicer, you know, because you're not targeting someone. I, you know, sometimes the comedians that just really roast somebody and just get in on them, it's like, to me, that's almost like mean, man. You're being an asshole. Quit that, you know, kind of thing. Some people really get on that. I, I don't as much, so I, I tend to sometimes do some self-deprecating humor. Mm-hmm. But the problem is even that self-deprecating humor, there's truth to every joke, right? And so again, if, I, if I'm saying some of those things, even if it's meant to be funny, how many of those things do I actually believe, right? Or when someone gives you a compliment, do you discount the compliment? Do you denigrate yourself slightly in the way that you respond? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, as well, that as we start kind of looking and thinking about this, you know, again, a lot of our relationship issues are probably caused by relationship issues with ourself first. Well, and also so much really does come from how things are modeled and our relationships from our parents. Because when we're a little kid um, and we start to see that independence, so we jump off our mom's lap and we head into the other room and we kind of look back to see what they're going to do. The smartest thing a parent could do is to say, yeah, go, go check that out. Have fun. I'm going to be right here when you get back. That develops a really strong sense of security. That develops a strong sense of independence. That's great. Typically that doesn't happen. It's either one of two things. Either your parents totally gone and you can do whatever you want and then you don't get that attachment or your parents like, oh, be careful. Oh, don't go in there. Oh, don't oh, get, you know, I watched a friend of ours um, with their kid at the beach and anytime the wave, it's Santa Barbara, we don't get big waves. You're not gonna be swept away. Um, little bloop, bloop, up, on the, up on the beach and they'd be like, oh, careful, you're gonna get wet. Oh, be careful. Oh, are you okay? You know, and they were so overprotective. And now I've seen these kids grow up and I go, oh, I watched that form. I mean, there's just, there's so much dysfunction in relationship because of that overbearing paranoidness. So they develop these attachment things. So are you needy for attention or are you like, leave me alone, I'm gonna be reading my book. You know, you can watch this kind of happen in how your parents treated you growing up. Um, the other thing that I found fascinating that, that Harville Hendricks just said was when we're babies, every need is filled from the outside. We cry, somebody figures it out. They make a face at us, we laugh. We scream, they have to get that need met. And so as an adult, we still have that part of our brain that goes, "Eh!" and we expect somebody outside of ourselves to fill every need we have, because that's that baby part of our brain that's like, I scream, you better figure it out. Um, and you can see that, I, I see that in my own behavior. It's like, I'm feeling poopy. Who can make me laugh today? You know, rather than finding a way to self-soothe and fill those needs in ourselves, we tend to look outside for it. Well, and that's, that's why the relationship issues are so hard for us to deal with, right? Because again, if we're, <laughs> if we're always looking outside for that validation, mm-hmm. right? So so mommy needs to tell me that I'm a good boy, you know, I, you know, so that I feel proud of that. Or, you know, the, the job that I have, the title that I have, the whatever that I did provides me with that external validation that I am important. I am loved. If we're always relying on that external validation, the minute it goes away, we're yep. fucked. Yep. Right. 
And so again, that's why your relationship with yourself, the self-love, the self-care that we've talked a lot about is so important because what it should be is regardless of what's going on in our external world, we're still taking care of ourself internally. And if, and if we're not doing that, if we're not, you know, being kind to ourself, you know, one of, one of the questions in coaching, you know, that comes up a lot of times when you're coaching somebody is people will talk and they'll say something about themselves. Right. And so you kind of turn it around and you go, okay, what I just heard you say was this right now, I want you to think of a child, you know, maybe your child, maybe a niece and nephew, somebody that you love. Would you say that same thing to that child that you just said? Mm-hmm. And of course, people are like, oh, no, I would never say that to another human being, right? And then it's like, why are you saying that to yourself? Yep. Why are you saying that to the most important person in your life, right? And we're not, we're not talking about being egomanical, you know, the psychotic kind of personality. Right. But if, if we don't know how to soothe ourselves and, and derive our self-worth from internal yep. and being who we are authentically, then we're never going to find it outside. Right. Oh, absolutely. We have to, and you and I talked about this, it's not about finding the right partner, it's being the right partner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the whole, what was it, Jerry Maguire thing of you complete me, I'm so torn about that because no one can complete you. However, with what I know about child development and how we look to partners to fill what our parents didn't give us, in a way, we feel like they are completing us. They're giving us that piece that our parents didn't give us, or they're exactly mirroring what our parents gave us because we still are working out that bullshit drama. You know, my mother was never around, so now I have a boyfriend who's distant, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, My dad was an abusive alcoholic. I don't know why I keep finding abusive alcoholic men. Well, I do, you know, <laughs> like, you know, and it's so much easier to, you know, to look at other people's relationships and go, oh, it's messed up. But we have so much trouble looking at our own stuff because, you know, you can't see the, what is it? You can't see the smudge on your own face or something like that. I don't know what it yeah. was. Um, but yeah, it's, it's about figuring out who you are and going back to pretty much everything we've said in every episode. What do you want um, from yourself? What do you want from yourself and how do you get that? Do you meditate? Do you um, do affirmations? Do you ask other people the good qualities of you so that you can magnify that out? There's so many different exercises you can do to help fill those voids inside yourself. Because if we're looking to the outside to fill it, it's, it's, it's not going to work that way. Well, and because you, you brought up the point about, you know, people in their relationships, because I've seen this, you know, relationship breakup, right? And so people go back to being single, right? Whether it's divorce or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it happens to be, right? You get out of a relationship, a close personal relationship with someone and we no longer feel complete. We feel like, you know, I, I, and and you see this so much of the time. I, I see it in other people. I saw it in myself actually after I got divorced, you know, as well, is that, you know, a lot of times we sit there and go, oh, woe is me. Will anyone else ever love me? Will I be able to find someone that loves me? I I want, I want, I want a kind, loving partner, right? And you hear people saying these things 
you know, and I'm so sad because I'm alone and I just want a kind, loving partner. It's like, mm -hmm. listen to yourself. If you want a kind, loving partner, then you need to be a kind, loving person who a kind, loving partner would be drawn to, right? Because so much of the time, it's, it's this self-loathing, woe is me, mm -hmm. that makes you miserable and sad to be around. You suck the energy away from everybody else. Yeah. So guess what? If you're in that state, you're not going to attract a kind, loving partner because they're going to yep. want to get the hell away from you. They're like, leave me alone. You're, you're, you're no, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so funny. When I was growing up in Pittsburgh, we used to go to the mall and walk around the mall because there was nothing else to do. So we would, you know, troll those, troll, troll around. We'd up in the food court and we'd like look at clothes and never really buy anything, but we'd look for boys basically is what we were doing. Mm. So I was always boy crazy when I was a kid. So my girlfriend and I would go and we're walking around the mall and I, you know, beautiful girl, big smile, gorgeous, long hair. She's, she was gorgeous. But anytime guys would stop and talk to us, they totally ignored her and they all put their attention on me. Now, of course, her view of that was you're prettier than me, which I don't think I was. Um, but the reason was, is I was confident and I was smiling and I was friendly and I was open and she'd stand there like this, assuming no one wanted to talk to her. Well, if you present yourself like that, of course no one wants to talk to you. She didn't look approachable. She didn't look friendly. She didn't look like they were going to have a good time talking to her. Uh, and she never got that. But as an outsider, I could step back and go, well, dude, you look miserable. Like, mm -hmm. you know, so it is projecting that. And again, you don't have to be this egomaniac, like I'm the best thing ever, but you want to present yourself like you're friendly and that you love yourself because people are attracted to that. People are attracted to that, that feeling of wholeness that you present. Yep. And if you look like you're looking for someone to fill every need, that's only going to attract someone who probably has the same wounds and is also just as needy and I don't want to say dysfunctional because not, we're not all dysfunctional. No, maybe we are all dysfunctional. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, let me rephrase re re think that. But you're not going to attract the partner you want if you go into it looking for someone to fill all these needs. It doesn't mm -hmm. work that way. Well, and I saw it for myself and I've seen it in other people as well is that, <clears throat> you know, when you finally get over your pity party bullshit, and, and you actually say, okay, you know, if I want a kind, loving partner, I'm just, I'm just using this as an example, right? If you want a kind and loving partner, then start becoming a kind and loving person. And the minute that, that you start doing that and you start changing yourself on the inside, then that confidence comes. Your vibration and frequency goes up right? People are attracted to you because like you said, you know, <laughs> there's a great line in a movie or a, in, a, in, a, in a song. It was uh, something about, I'm going to get it a little bit wrong, but you know, you, you'd be so much prettier if you smiled. Okay. And, you know, again, it's, you could be the most gorgeous person in the world, but if you're kind of miserable to be around, you're not smiling, you're whatever, no matter what is going on physically, people are not going to be attracted to you as much as if you're confident, if you're loving, if you're outgoing, if you're interesting, right? Um, it's, it's those kind of things that actually attract or draw people to you. Yeah. 
And so the more you can be that, the more you will attract people. Right. Absolutely. And we do attract people to help us finish playing out those dramas, like I said, of what our parents did or previous relationships. You know, we tend to keep getting in a relationship with the same basic person over and over and over again. And it's either our mother or our father <laughs> um, because it helps that little kid in us go, well, I'm going to finish playing out that drama. And that's just sort of what we do. Um, once you're in that relationship, that only works for so long, typically, before somebody gets unhappy, somebody starts to wander, somebody. So then at that point, if you find ways and you find exercises and you find things that can strengthen that relationship so you're both getting your needs met, then you can actually form that into a really long-term loving, healthy relationship and not just there temporarily to help you fix the BS from your parents. You know, mm -hmm. But it takes work. Relationships are, relationships are work. And for people who are like, I just want a relationship that's easy, I don't know what that looks. I mean, I'm in a relationship right now that's the easiest it's ever been ever. Um, but we still both work on our communication. We have a list of bylaws. It started out to be a joke, which we ended up realizing, <laughs> why would you not do, you know, I had made a joke one day about, oh, read the bylaws. And he's like, I've never seen these bylaws. And so we actually sat down and wrote bylaws because why wouldn't you? You know, we want to know where we stand with each other and we're constantly working on communication and carving out time. And, you know, we work at it in an easier way than I have in previous relationships, but it still takes effort. You can't just float along in a river and, and think that's a relationship. Yeah. Relationships do take work. Right. Uh, but yeah, it, and it's, it's, you know, it's a, <laughs> most people have some relationships issues, right? Like you said, it's, it's, I'm in an easy relationship right now too, you know? And I, and I think, um, Part of that is because we're both easy, right? And, and we kind of know and respect the other person. Mm -hmm. And we don't, we don't have written bylaws, but there's kind of a um, separation of duties, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. That I'm primarily responsible for certain things and Allie's mm -hmm. primarily responsible for other things. And, and we kind of have our own space and we give each other space. Yep. You know, we communicate, you know, as well, but, you know, ultimately, and, it, and I think it's, it's this way in, in any relationship, you have to be confident in yourself and taking care of yourself. Yeah. You can, I can't make someone else be happy. You know, I can do things to show love, yep. to try to you know, encourage some of those things. But if that person doesn't feel that love for themselves, yeah. right, we have to eat for ourselves. It's, you know, it's one of the ways I've, I've heard it, you know, described. And so, totally. you know, for a relationship to kind of, you know, develop, evolve, move forward, both of the people have to be communicating, have to be evolving have to be doing what th mm -hmm. each of them individually needs to do yep. in order for the relationship to continue to move forward right Absolutely. and that's where a lot of times relationships have have issues is one partner may be kind of moving forward transitioning 
maybe have changed their mind or have some different views than they did um, at the beginning and the other person either doesn't want to change or doesn't want to accept those changes in their partner. Yep. And that's usually what ends up, you know, I know that was the case for me with my first marriage. Um, I, you know, and again, it was, it was so hard for my ex-wife to understand why, you know, when we got married in our early twenties, that how come in my forties, I would change my mind about certain things. Right. You know, it's oh, like, Jason. I know, I know, you know, it's like, well, I've, I never liked broccoli. <laughs> okay. I, as a kid, I, I didn't like broccoli. I'll eat it sometimes now because I know it's healthy, but it, but it's as silly as that, right? If I hated broccoli as a kid, you should hate it now. And then if I become an adult and I like broccoli, I just changed my mind. What's the big deal? Right. But people, people evolve and change. And so relationships evolve and change over time as well. Sure. And, and, you know, it, it, at least for me, most of the relationship issues that I see people having, that's one of the big things behind it too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, I am all for relationship coaching or couples counseling or whatever you want to call it. Um, and I see so many couples where, and this typically, typically the wife is like, eh, we're having issues. I'm unhappy. We should go to counseling. And the guy says, yeah, you go. I don't have the problem. <laughs> I have seen this so many times and it's like, okay, you both have to participate in this. And I had given one of my coaches an exercise to do with her boyfriend. And I said, look, you, you guys both have to do this. Um, if he's not up for doing this really simple exercise, it's going to strengthen your relationship. To me, one, that's an indicator that maybe he's not as into it as you think he, you know, to, to presenting such an easy exercise that'll actually make him happier he should, I believe, he would be willing to jump at that opportunity if he valued taking care of that relationship. Um, but so often I see, and again, it's typically the guy that's like, yeah, you go to the therapist, I'm fine. Because they don't want to look at their own stuff. Looking at our own stuff is horrible. It's scary and it's shitty and it's ugly and smells bad. And I mean, it's like, of course, we don't want to hold up that mirror and actually look at what we need to fix because it takes a lot of work. It's, it can be very frightening for people. And to me, it's like, well, why would you not want to fix that? You know, it's like, I love, as much as I hate looking at all that stuff, I kind of like it because then you get it out, you know, and you can fix it. It's flicking the light on in the middle of the night and going, oh shit, look at all those roaches. <laughs> you know, I can't get rid of the roaches if I don't flick on the light. And that's what, to me, what relationships, the joy of doing is it shows us our stuff that we can then work on so that we're better people, so that we're healthier and more successful. And we get all those things we say we want out of life and out of relationships and out of love. Mm -hmm. um, that's where relationships are great for that. I think it's more difficult to do by yourself. I think this is one of the reasons we get in relationship with people is to help hold up a mirror so that we can be better to me, my opinion. Well, and it's, you know, I, th I think another, another thing that I've seen a lot too with, with watching people kind of go through relationships is um, <clears throat> sometimes relationships have an end. Yeah. And they need to have an end. You know, I think that, that we get the, you know, f fairy tale, you know, <laughs> Disney movie, you know, princess, and they lived happily ever after forevermore, you know, mm -hmm. and, and relationships serve us at different points in our life. And again, especially when you have people that are, 
you know, developing and growing, which we all should be, right? That eventually maybe a relationship doesn't serve you. And, and again, it may not be a romantic one. It may be a relationship with a family or friends. You know, yeah. I, have, I have friends from high school that, you know, whenever we get together, I haven't, since I moved down to California, I haven't seen them very much. But, you know, when I would, when I would get together with them, it was, it was great for like the first half hour or hour. And then after that, we just didn't really have anything to talk about. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's not that I, you know, I don't love these guys, you know, they're my friends from growing up. I'd still do pretty much anything for some of these guys, you know, cause I, I do think of them as, as brothers in that way, but we just don't have anything in common now. We're at a different point in our life, mm -hmm. a different, and, it, and it's okay. It's nothing about them. The relationship we had when we were teenagers was exactly the relationship I needed as a teenager. Yeah, exactly. You know, but now as a middle-aged man, it's it's a little bit different. And, and and it's hard, I think, sometimes because I've seen, I saw this in myself. I knew at least four to five years, if not seven years before my divorce, that the relationship was probably over. But I kept trying to hang in there for my kids and for all the other bullshit excuses that that society gives to us, right? And again, I it was my path. I had to go that path. I learned things on those intervening years. But I see this so much in people that I talk to. Mm -hmm. They know a relationship is over, but they're afraid to end it. Sure. And this is where our self-love kind of comes back into it again, right? Is, okay, if you stop yourself, if you really love yourself, right? Can you say, I love myself to your, can you, can you say, I love myself first off, right? I love myself, right? I love myself. Can you, can you say that 20 times to yourself in the day or do you feel, mm -hmm. right? Okay, well, then maybe you start you need to start saying that more to yourself, right? Another question is, again, if, if you're in a relationship that's no longer serving you, or really in anything that you're doing, another question you can ask is, if I really loved myself, would I do this? And so again, you know, if, if it's maybe a relationship is over, the person is abusive, emotionally, physically, whatever, if you stopped and were honest with yourself and said, if I really loved myself, mm -hmm. would I allow this person that I'm in a relationship with to emotionally abuse me, mm -hmm. right? Go back to that question we said before, right? How would you advise a child or yep. someone else that you loved? Yep. And we should be, we should be giving that advice to ourselves yeah, if absolutely. we really love ourselves. Yeah. And, and sometimes loving yourself means doing some of those things that feels hard, that are scary. Very hard. And, and I think part of it is, um, that one person feels responsible for holding the relationship together or they feel responsible for the other person's happiness. He'll be so upset if I leave or she'll be devastated if I go. Okay. Um, or the guilt, guilt and fear, two huge motivating things, guilt and fear, the fear of not having enough money of how am I going to raise the kids myself? Where am I going to live? The guilt of, Oh, her family will never forgive me if I go. What will my friends say? All, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and I've watched people go through that. I've watched me go through parts of that as well. Um, 
it does come down to the self-love and to stepping into that position of power um, and saying, I'm not going to be here anymore. And it doesn't have to be some melodramatic reason that you're going. It could just be that you drifted apart. You know, after 30, I, I, I have changed so much in the 50 years I've been on this planet. Obviously, I'm not a kindergartner anymore. Um, you know, I don't think that doing a duet with Eddie Van Halen would be the greatest thing. It'd still be pretty great. It would um, still be pretty great. It would I still would be pretty that. great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's put that back on the list. Okay. Uh, but it's like things that I valued even 10 years ago, I don't anymore. I have grown and moved past that, and I'm a completely different person. And not every relationship, I agree with you, not every relationship stays. I think we get in relation to help us to grow, to evolve, to learn things, to move forward. And I think people come into our lives exactly when needed and they stay for some indeterminate amount of time. And sometimes it is forever. I have clients who have been together 20, 30, 50, 60 years, and they're still vibrant and happy and healthy together. And I've had people in their eighties say, God, I wish I would have left them 40 years ago. I can't leave now. You know, it's like, you know, I, you have to make whatever choice is going to work for you and you have to determine how much work that you want to put into um salvaging something that may not be salvageable and only you know that and only that's an individual relationship thing um but it does take work and it does take effort and both partners have to be engaged in that both partners absolutely i mean if you and i weren't communicating the way we do and weren't sort of divvying up the I'm not great on the marketing like you are, but divvying up the task and this, this relationship would not work. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's interesting. Something that you said too, is, you know, people come into our lives. And so we're not, we're not just talking about romantic relationships here, but obviously that's when people talk about, I have a relationship issue. It's usually that is what they're talking about. Right. But it can be with anybody. Sure. Um, But you know, people, people come into our lives exactly at the time that we need them to. We yep. learn what it is that we need to learn, and then they move on. Yep. They may move on through death. They may move on through, you know, relationship just doesn't work. Somebody moves, whatever reason. People yep. come into our lives, and people leave our life. Everybody will. Yep. But there's one relationship that you will always be with your whole life, and that's the relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. You can't get away from yourself. Nope. And so if you don't have a good relationship with yourself, if you don't really love yourself, if you don't think that you're worthy and exactly perfect, exactly the way that you are at this point in time, then you're going to have a hard time living in your relationship with yourself until you decide that and realize that we don't need that external. The power comes from internal. Absolutely. A very wise woman once said, no matter who I'm sleeping next to or who I'm sleeping with, I always have to wake up with myself. Mm. Very good quote. Oh, that was that the wise woman? <laughs> I like that. I, I'm going to have to start using that one now. <laughs> I, wrote a, I wrote a play when I was living in LA and, and one of the characters was this, her goal was just to sleep with everybody. She wanted to experience everything. Um, and that's the end of her monologue. She says that it's like, no matter who I'm sleeping next to or who I'm sleeping with, I have to wake up with myself. And it, it's about that self-love and that valuing self, regardless of who's in your sphere, you know, regardless of the input that you're getting from the outside. Because if we're relying on people outside of ourselves to make us happy, to give us that identity, we're going to be disappointed. So we have to do that for ourselves. And once again, we've, uh, we've, uh, we've blown through a bunch of time. 
Well, no, and I think actually that's a great, uh, you are a wise woman, Kathy. Oh, I you. think that's, that's, a, that's a fabulous, um, probably one of the reasons why I love movies and other stuff so much too is because, <clears throat> you know, as an artist, when you, when you put together and you get a line like that, no matter who I sleep next to or sleep with, I wake up to myself in the morning, right? Kind of a thing. That is profound. And that's, you know, again, what we're, what we're talking about, F focus, focus internally. You know, we've talked about why, why we get so much validation from our external environment. It's programmed into us, but the more that we can actually really love ourselves, and, and, be confident in our relationship with ourself, a lot of these other relationship issues just kind of go away yeah. because we'll create boundaries. We won't allow people to treat us certain ways. We'll change ourselves. We'll attract those other people into our life that need to be in our life at that time. Yep. But it all starts with us. Absolutely. And I love this conversation because we've talked about self-care. We've talked about the five love languages in regards to ourself. So we can go back to those episodes and realize this has been a, a theme that runs throughout this because, you know, we're always with ourselves. So we might as well, might as well get along. Might as well get along. All right. Oh, I love this conversation. We never know where these things are going to go, but yeah, I like where that went. So that was good. Mm -hmm. Excellent. All right. Um, I'm Kathy Groover. I can be reached at kathygroover.com. And I'm Jason Mefford. I can be reached at jasonmefford.com. So go out, love yourself. And uh, we'll see you on the next Fire and Earth podcast. Yeah. See you.